sound of babies is, is welcomed. It means we're multiplying. It's a blessing. Okay, let's pick up Matthew chapter number 19, and we're going to, uh, well, at least start our, our, our journey from there. Um, it is a little bit of an unusual text, and one of the things I do like about our church, well, I, I thank God for our pastor. I, I know that, you know, 10 years recently, and, uh, but I'm very grateful that, the, that under pastor's leadership, the church has kept the emphasis on the Word of God. And uh, that's very, very important. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed what's going on. You may not get out like, like uh, perhaps I do, but, but I can tell you the tide is turning and, uh, and it's not good. Uh, there are churches now that, uh, that have services in the dark. They turn the lights out in the, in the auditorium. And the reason they do that, you, you say, well, why would you turn the lights out? Well, well, let me ask you, where have you been where they turned the lights out? Well... Uh, you've been to a movie theatre where they did that. Maybe you went to see a play uh, where they did that. Uh, those two places, they would do that. And the reason they do that in those places is that when you go there, you're a spectator. So it's all about what's happening on the stage. And you just sit and watch it and then you leave. Uh, but uh, when you come to church, you're not supposed to be a spectator. You're supposed to be a participant. Uh, you know, God doesn't say good things about darkness. Uh, he always uses it in a bad, uh, bad uh, analogy. Listen, if the lights are out, you can't see your Bible. But apparently that doesn't matter in a lot of places because there's already been a shift. So, you know, just thank God for things that maybe we just take for granted. But, but uh, I thank God for the doctrine. I, doctrine is like the ballast of the ship. And uh, you don't always see it, but it keeps the vessel upright. When you, sometimes people are tempted to trim the ballast to increase speed. Uh, but when you do that, eventually uh, uh, momentum without balance leads to ruin. Uh, there's always a crash. You know, if you, if you work fast enough, you can spin a plate on a stick. Uh, but eventually, uh, you know, you can't maintain that momentum and then imbalance appears. And, uh, and it has. so I, I just thank the Lord... I, I thank God that every time a pastor comes here, he opens the Bible. I think it's evident to all of us the amount of study that he does and, and uh, the thoughtfulness he puts behind his messages. I was privileged to be able to preach with pastor uh, in America uh, one night, I think we had together, uh, but that was a blessing. So, so thanks for being here. And I say that to say it's just a blessing to be in the church where we can look at something like we're going to look at tonight. I don't think I'd, I've never preached this message anywhere and you, you'll probably know why after tonight and uh and I don't know that I ever will uh it's a kind of thing that 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 when God has shown me and I thought you know this is a really a great truth but I don't know where I'd be willing to say it but I do feel comfortable here uh that 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 this is an environment where we look at the Bible and we receive it as as God uh, uh, intends for us so so that's why I'm going to preach this tonight and and I hope you'll not be dismissive in the beginning and, and maybe say, well, uh, you know, this is not me. I'll, I'll guarantee you that there'll be something for everybody. And, uh, and I, I do believe that uh, this is given of the Lord. So uh, I'm going to ask the guys to put up a picture that I, that I brought. And uh, there it is, if it's behind me as it is up there. Okay, so let me tell you about this person. Uh, this man, uh, he's uh, Chinese. And uh, he's dead now. He died about 10 years ago. 
And uh, his name is uh, Sun Yao Ting. That was, that was his name. And uh, so he was born in 1902. Uh, he died in 1996. And uh, he has a bit of a story to tell, but he, he wouldn't tell it up until uh, just the last, the last few years of his life. And uh, if you go to the, to the, the next slide, uh, that's the story that he told. Uh, that book has been translated into English, uh, but the author was Chinese, and he's called The Last Eunuch of China. And uh, the reason for that was that uh, when uh, Sun Yao Ting was uh, just a, a, young, a young boy, uh, something happened to him that uh, you know, he wouldn't have wanted to happen. And he tells his story in that book. It's, a lot of people are fascinated with that. The ABC did a documentary on this recently. And uh, because he's a connection back to the era of when the Chinese had emperors and they met in what is now called, uh, was called the Forbidden City. So if you go to Beijing, you can tour it now. I'll show you some pictures in a moment, but I don't want to bog down too much on this. Uh, but uh, so when uh, Sun Yao Ting was aged eight, so when he was an eight-year-old boy, uh, his father uh, took him uh, in a mud-walled home uh, without anaesthetic uh, and without bandages. They just used oil-soaked paper as a bandage. And, uh, of course, he didn't know this was going to happen. And his father uh, took a sharp blade and removed his testicles and his penis. Uh, and then, uh, having done that, his father inserted the quill of a goose feather into his urethra to stop it closing over uh, so that he'd still be able to, uh, you know, go to the, the bathroom as normal. This is a true story. Uh, he, uh, when, he happened, when that happened to him as an eight-year-old, uh, and he, he tells his story, uh, he was immediately unconscious for three days. And, uh, and then he woke up after three days and he couldn't walk for two months. And uh, that happened to him when he was an eight-year-old boy. Um, the reason his father did that to him uh, was that his father was hoping that in making him a eunuch, uh, that that would enable him to get into the walled city where the emperor was, what we now call the Forbidden City. There's been a movie made about it. Perhaps you've seen that, The Last Emperor. And uh, his father was hoping that because he was a, a eunuch, he made him a eunuch, that he might get in there because what had happened to the father was that a land a landholder uh, who had in their village had uh, had uh, stolen all their land and burned down their house and so the father thought well I might be able to get my son into a position of influence and uh, he uh, he did that to him if you go to the next slide uh, that's actually the emperor that he ended up uh, getting around in the forbidden city uh, the cruel thing of this, and it's all in the book, and I haven't read the book, but I've read of it. Uh, the cruel thing was that by the time that uh, uh, Sun Yao Ting had recovered from his uh, uh, injuries, uh, that emperor had been deposed. And so it was a cruel blow to the family in that uh, that wasn't uh, going to happen. But anyway, they allowed the emperor to come back, and they, in fact, they confined him to the uh, Forbidden City there in Beijing. And, uh, and Sun Yao Ting actually ended up uh, being a eunuch to the, uh, to the Empress, which would be like being a eunuch to the Queen. Now, you'll see in the Bible, uh, the reason we're talking about this is because 
it's kind of surprising. It's a little, maybe a little bit unusual, but, but it, actually the Bible talks about eunuchs a little bit. And uh, like everything in the Bible, uh, I know we believe in this church that nothing in the Word of God is not relevant to us or, or as a filler or just kind of there as an incidental. Uh, the Bible talks about eunuchs maybe, you'll probably notice it more now uh, after the message tonight, but that actually comes up quite a bit. And uh, so uh, Sun Yao Ting tells his story. Uh, uh, he, he said he didn't want to tell his story because he felt a great loyalty to the emperor and, uh, and to the things that went on in the Forbidden City. He didn't want anyone to know. He, he felt conflicted whether he should ever tell uh, what he knew about life as a eunuch. And, and, but, he, but he does tell the story in his book. The interviewer said that when he interviewed him about the book, he, the interviewer said he cried only two times. Uh, he said he cried the first time when he told me what his father did to him. And he said then he cried the second time. The only other time he cried in telling his story was uh, they had uh, taken uh, his physical organs that were, had been cut off and they were sort of kept in a, in a, in a, in a liquid, in a jar, and uh, they were preserved. And they went for a time, I believe, to the palace in the Forbidden City and uh, somehow in the, uh, in the rebellion that saw the emperor ousted and they were driven out uh, and the fleeing that, that night when they all had to get out, uh, his, uh, he called them his treasures. Uh, his treasures, which were his uh, organs, they were lost. And that was the second time he cried. And the reason he cried was that uh, he believed uh, that uh, as long as those uh, organs uh, were preserved, that when he died, they could be placed beside him in burial and the gods uh, in the next life wouldn't, wouldn't notice that he wasn't a full man and he'd be able to go on into the next life as a, as a normal man. Now, we know that's not true, but, but that's his story. And uh, it's very interesting. Eunuchs are all the way through history. Uh, they were in uh, Persia. I think Daniel was probably a eunuch. Uh, I think everything points to that. Um, he, was, he, was, he was selected by the prince of the eunuchs. Uh, and again, this is another thing, isn't it, that we just read over and don't think too much about that. Uh, I think Daniel was probably a eunuch. He was selected by the prince of the eunuchs. He was groomed. Uh, he was trained, and you can read all that in Daniel. So, uh, you know, God seems to just notice this a little bit more than we do. And, uh, and one of the wonderful things about God, I, 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 I love God for lots of reasons, but uh, I, I continue to love him because I, I love the fact that he understands us. I, I love the fact that God didn't just write a book uh, for a perfect world. I, I love the fact that the holy, holy, holy God, uh, who will not look upon sin and, uh, and is holy and just and right and, and pure and uh, without blemish of any kind and, and never even has a, 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 an untoward thought, I love the fact that a God like that could uh, look at us and say, I understand you, I remember your frame, I know that you're dust, and, and I make provision for you in the Word of God to let you know that I love you. And the Bible is written for people who are sinners. Uh, the, Bible, the, Bible, the Bible wasn't given to Adam pre-fall. Uh, they weren't walking around in the Garden of Eden before the fall uh, uh, with a Bible. Some, somebody said the other day, I thought it was clever, they said that uh, Eve was the first person in the world to not read uh, Apple's terms and conditions. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, well, yes. Uh, so, uh, uh, but the Bible wasn't written 
uh, for that, but it was written after. And uh, so God has, has said some things. Now, our passage in... Uh, by the way, the reason that eunuchs were, were uh, all through history was it was believed this, that if somebody was a... Was, you, can, you can kill the slide now. If somebody was a eunuch, uh, then they were considered no threat to the royal family. And they were no threat in this way. Uh, they were unable to produce offspring. And uh, you'll see in the Bible and in other places that any time another king takes authority, he wants to immediately wipe out the offspring of anyone else, all right? So that's all through the Bible where they will slay the children or anyone they can find because the idea is we've got to stop anyone being able to claim succession to the throne uh, and only me. Now, that happened as recently as a couple of months ago, a month and a half, in Malaysia where the North Korean leader uh, decided to take out a family member in uh, t- terrible circumstances uh, to stop any possible uprising. So, so this is very relevant. And, uh, and, and, uh, and so God talks about it. So eunuchs had favoured positions. Uh, to this day, uh, the, uh, the king of Thailand, is a new king now, but the former king who passed away last year, uh, had an advisor uh, who's now 90-something years old who tended the king through all, all, his, all his years, who was considered to uh, in, have as much uh, influence second, second to the king. Uh, he's still alive, you can, you can research him, and uh, he falls into this category. So, so it's interesting, this is not so, so distant, and, and, and it was quite common in, in lots of places. So uh, knowing that, uh, when uh, Jesus spoke here, uh, in Matthew chapter 19, I'm going to give you application for everybody. Uh, when Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 19, uh, the context of his comments were marriage. And, uh, and marriage, what, what, what is marriage? And, and maybe we need to remind ourselves what marriage is. In verse number five, uh, Jesus said that, you know, it was from the beginning that, uh, uh, you know, for this cause a man shall leave father and mother and cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh. And uh, wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, uh, let not man put asunder. So, so just I know it's topical today, but let's just let's just remind ourselves that that God, God who who made us, and God who gets to make definitions. If if you if you if you make you get to call it what it is. So uh, God uh, God said marriage is one man with one woman. And God said the marriage part is when they come together. So what would happen all through history, it'd still be this way in Papua New Guinea and Malaysia and Indonesia and uh, Thailand and uh, still this way today, is that one family consents and another family consents to give a son or a daughter and they, get, they come together and uh, when they come together, they're married. And it might shock you to know that many places in the world, the government has nothing to do with marriage. So it was never given to the government to say, yes, you're married, no, you're not. That came under, uh, that, that, that really took hold under the popes and under the uh, Church of England when Henry VIII uh, be, uh, took England and made it a church state. And so when he made it a church state, which meant it was a church and a state together, the Queen of England still being the head of the Church of England to this day, when he made it a church state, uh, the church began to get involved in things and state and and so what happened was that they then began to sign off on who was married and who wasn't. 
Now, we didn't really make a fuss about that at the time because we didn't give it a lot of thought, but really no one should have allowed any government to be an authority who called somebody married and somebody not married. Do you understand that? It belonged to God all the time. Now, here's the problem. When the government bought into marriage and the government started saying, this is what marriage is, nobody really cared because everybody agreed with what the government said, but the government had no place being there. Well, it went from not just saying what marriage is, now it went to, uh, if you're married, you get this sort of tax benefit. So we started attaching financial things and tax matters and and, uh, if you're married in the military, you get these quarters and if you're not, you get this. And and so we started attaching all these things now to the marriage that we were saying what it was and all of that was not questioned and all of that was just accepted up until recently. And now it's dawned on us, huh, I don't think the government ever should have really been in that role. And now they can't undo what they've done. They're in a mess. Because really what what should happen is government should be out of marriage. Would it shock you to know that in Thailand people don't get married in temples? Did you understand in the time of Jesus the synagogue didn't marry anybody? Marriage has always been a social function. It's never been a religious one. Never. So, so, So we do it a certain way because we choose to. Uh, but, but that was never that way, all right? So, so, so broad discussion, but, but it's amazing if you'll put God's context on something, how it just will give you a peace and a balance. And you'll just understand, ah, I see. Uh, so anyway, Jesus is talking about marriage here. That was the discussion. He defined what it was. And then uh, talking about putting away your wife. And then he comes to these uh, uh, interesting statements about the eunuch. And uh, he says in verse number 11, uh, what I'm about to say, everybody will not be able to receive, but, but some people will receive it because actually it's given to them. Well, that's a little bit curious right away. Uh, but he's indicating that some people are going to understand this uh, more than others are going to understand it. But I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and he did. And uh, he makes a statement about eunuchs, and that was his choice of word. So when Jesus used the word eunuch, uh, it would have been fairly... Nobody there would have wondered what a eunuch was, all right? It was commonplace, certainly in that time. uh, It was common in their history. uh, And uh, if you... uh, Well, I'll mention this in a moment. But but, but nobody would have been like, what? A eunuch? What's that? Everybody just would have been... Everybody would have got it, at least what he was talking about in the literal sense. And uh, so what he says is that uh, in verse number... uh, 12, he gives three ways. He said, there, there are some eunuchs which were so born. So if you mark your Bible, you should under, underline that born. All right, because he said there were some so born. Now you say, well, nobody could be born that way. Jesus said some are born. All right, now you might stumble at that, but could you be biblical, please? Jesus, Jesus said some are born. All right, so, so all right, well, some, some are born. Now, uh, he also said... And by the way, notice this, some were so born from their mother's womb. They came out that way. That's what he's saying. So, so yes, all right. And then he said there are some which were made eunuchs of men. So there's a second category. The first category is they were born that way. Uh, The second category is that they weren't born that way, but somebody did something to them, like uh, Sun Yao Ting. Uh, Somebody did something to them. Uh, I wouldn't imagine an eight-year-old boy would have had much say in that and, uh, you know, would, no doubt was distressing. Uh, but some were made that way because of, because of other people. 
And then the third category, he says, there are some, and remembering that the context here was marriage, there are some, they've made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So, so we, we could understand at a beginning level, clearly here he's talking about the matter of, uh, of the, there are some who will not marry. I've just talked about marriage, but, but there are some who will not marry. There, there are some who will not be able to marry. It's not going to work for them like everybody else. Now, category number three is some of those people who will not marry, their reason for not marrying is that they'll be doing it for God. So, so God will be leading them uh, uh, to, well, we presume God will be leading them, but they're doing it for the kingdom of heaven. We don't know if Paul was married. Uh, it's assumed he probably was, having been a Pharisee, but we really don't know. Uh, we know this, that it was never intended for Jesus to marry. Uh, that was never, God never intended that. So that was part of, of his uh, calling and his life. He, he was never to have what others, others would have. And, uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, producing children is the fruit of marriage. And that wasn't obviously intended for, for Jesus. So, so there are some, I, think, I think the number three category is not too hard to understand. And I think we, we get that, that there are some people like that. It might even be that there are some today that God calls uh, to an unusual life where God said, look, this is given to most people, uh, but marriage will not be given to you uh, for, for my sake and for the sake of the kingdom. And I won't get into all the possibilities of how that could be. Uh, it won't be given to you to marry. So, so number three category, I don't think it's too hard to understand, uh, but I don't want to talk about number three category. I want to focus a little bit on number one and two. Uh, and so there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. Well, they, they didn't have a choice in that. And then there are some who were, who were made eunuchs of men. Now, uh, we might, uh, for a, you know, you might kind of think, well, why, why, why are we bothering too much about eunuchs? Well, uh, do you recall that in Acts chapter 8 that Philip was actually... Now, you've, again, you've read over this, but you haven't fully digested it, that Philip was called out of a Samaritan revival and uh, sent to the desert... To, to meet an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, mostly we read over that. If you, read, if you looked at Sunday school literature and you've seen a, a drawings and you've seen a picture of the Ethiopian eunuch, he's usually large, black and muscular. But actually, eunuchs would not be that way. And the reason they wouldn't be that way is because actually once somebody is a eunuch, uh, they, they don't uh, have the normal uh, male hormonal development. So, in fact, and if you look at the Sang Yao Ting closely, uh, it, it was a common trait of a eunuch to actually look a little bit feminine. And uh, they, weren't, they weren't sort of fully... They're not going to be large and muscular by any means uh, because they're not going to have normal development. And uh, so they're going to be quite the opposite. And uh, so, so, so uh, it's a little bit unusual... But, uh, but God actually says a few things about eunuchs. And it's very typical to God to look at a group of people and say, look, I know you're marginalised and I know, that, I know that this is a difficult life, but I have got some things to say to you. And I'm, and I'm your God. I'm very thankful tonight. There's nobody that I need to say to, your case is too hard to come to Jesus. I'm very thankful tonight that, 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 that there isn't anybody that I need to say, look, I'm sorry, God helps a lot of people, but... I don't think he could help you. Uh, it's not that way. Uh, God, God is, is able to help everybody. And uh, so God sends Philip to an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, now if you and I had met that eunuch, uh, if, 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 I'd, uh, if, if the eunuch was there and, and I'd got sent there, now, now knowing what a eunuch is, 
I'm not sure. I might be a little bit like... Uh, I might be a little bit uncomfortable. I might be a little bit like... Uh, just a little bit like, uh, okay. And I'm not sure if you saw me talking to the eunuch what you might think about me. You, you, you might think, huh, bit odd. I'm not sure. But I'm just saying that, that, that apparently... Uh, God has some care for people like that because, because God must have seen something in that man uh, because he was searching the scriptures and he was, by the way, again, you'll see the pattern all through the Bible, in a position of prominence. Uh, he controlled the treasures of the, of the queen of Ethiopia. So, so these people often were in influential positions and they often, uh, they often wielded a certain amount of power and uh, so, so God sent Philip to him and and uh, just remind yourself of that sometimes and, and just think about that, well, well okay, uh, that's noteworthy that God would, uh, would do that and uh, that God would reach out. And, you, and I, there's more, you're going to see a little bit more here. So, so eunuchs and queens are often associated together and uh, it's a sort of a pattern of that and I suppose uh, part of that is because uh, eunuchs were often in charge of, uh, of ladies and and they were, they were often uh, the attendants to queens and to, to uh, the wives of uh, monarchs uh, because they were considered, you know, that was their role and they didn't have normal, uh, you know, masculine development uh, because of their condition. And uh, so they, they're often associated with that. Now, uh, if, you were, if you were in category one or two uh, and you were either born or made like uh, Sun Yao Ting, well, can you understand that your life is going to be a little bit different to everybody else's? Can, can you understand that a lot of things that other people have, uh, you're probably not going to have? And uh, it's going to be difficult for you. And uh, you're odd. And you're, uh, you're, not, uh, you're not wholly uh, complete in the sense that perhaps others are. And uh, so uh, it would be uh, not surprising that those people would gravitate together. And, uh, and uh, if you read the book, uh, he talks a little bit about that, apparently. Uh, but it's not surprising the picture in the Bible. Now, I'm, you're gonna, this, this, when you reread some of these passages now, you're going to remember some of these things I've said. You're going to go, oh, okay, I see that. So uh, here they are. Some are born so from their mother's womb. Now, uh, if you ask me the question, uh, and any other questions you have about this, Pastor Lloyd would be happy to discuss with you. <laughs> so uh, you could follow up. All, all, all the questions that have come about, uh, so does that mean uh, Pastor would, would love to settle those matters for you? Uh, okay, so let's go across to uh, 2 Kings chapter number 9. And uh, don't come to me with, uh, so are you saying, don't, don't, don't just save it, I'm saying what I set up here. And then there's a full stop, and then after that, you book a counselling session, all right? <laughs> Second Kings chapter 9, and uh, we're going to just look at a passage here. Now, I, I've given you an introduction about eunuchs. I've said to you that they're, they're typically found in certain places. Uh, uh, go, go and punch in eunuchs now in your, sometime and do your study, and you trace it back, and you, you, you see what you see. Uh, but uh, there's a passage here. This is leading to application and, uh, and uh, we're going to read from verse number 30 of 2 Kings chapter 9. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. There's much here, by the way, brethren. And she painted her face 
and uh, tied her head and looked out of a window. Now, the tired there, that's an old English word that means that you, uh, uh, you are attired with headdress. So that's what that word means. So she's, she's I don't know, a, a, a scarf, something. Uh, uh, but you, you should get a picture here, painted face. Uh, by the way, up till 100 years ago, uh, including some of the queens of England, actually died from the poisoning from painting their faces. Makeup, whatever, however toxic it is today, it actually used to contain lead and a whole lot of other toxins, and you literally painted your face, and uh, it, it actually killed some people. But, but uh, she, uh, she had, uh, 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 she's got a painted face, so she's done herself up. Uh, she, uh, she's uh, done a headdress up. You should be seeing a picture here. And uh, she's looking out the window, and that's not really like ladylike practice in the day. Uh, you don't, uh, you, that would have been considered uh, immodest, inappropriate, um, and, uh, and, and uh, that's, you wouldn't want your daughters doing that if you were a person of that day. You would know that's not appropriate conduct. You don't go showing yourself off like that. So there's a, there's a picture here, and look, this is the Spirit of God. This, 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 the more you read this book, the more, the more you'll see. And the more you'll see what God is trying to say and the pictures that God paints. And, and they're not just pictures, what he chooses to highlight. What he chooses. Now, now, another one, I won't go there tonight, but another one is deaths in the Bible. If you look at how people died. And, and I say that because one of the people here, anyway, let's read on. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezreel heard, uh, Jezebel heard of it and she painted her face and tied her head and looked out a window and as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, Hath Zimri peace who slew his master? And uh, perhaps I'll explain that in a sec. And he lifted, now, he, now, now uh, well, let's just read it. He lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said, throw her down. So they threw her down and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses and he trod her underfoot. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, go see now this cursed woman and bury her for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Wherefore they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, uh, This is Jezebel. So, uh, Jezebel is a rather notorious uh, queen uh, in the Bible, uh, and uh, she's, she's Je- Jezebel uh, is always associated with bad things. She's she's bad news. Uh, it's not surprising that uh, the painted the painted face uh, Jezebel uh, has an entourage of eunuchs in the same room with her. Because that's the pattern of where they were typically found. And uh, so, so uh, Jezebel, now by this time uh, Ahab is dead. Uh, this, uh, this man, uh, Jehu, uh, who is coming in, uh, he is now going to be the new king. If you read the, the verses before, he slew two other kings before him. 
If you read after, he locates the 70 children of Ahab and he, and he has them slaughtered as well. And the idea was to cut off that whole lineage of, of uh, Jezebel and, and, and Ahab and, and, and bring that to an end. So this guy, he, he's, to be honest, he's scary because you, you read about him, he's just ruthless, he's, he's aggressive. <laughs> in fact, when, when the young prophet was sent to anoint him, go ahead and read this, not now, when the, just a bit earlier in the chapter, when the young prophet is sent to anoint him, he's given instructions by uh, Elisha, I think it is, to go and uh, anoint him with oil, then run out the door. <laughs> and I'm like, amen. This is, this is my kind of ministry. And so, so I can understand that. He said, go and anoint him with oil, and then, and then, you know, don't shut the door, run out the door and go. And so he anoints him, and immediately this, this guy goes on a, a rampage, and, and he kills two kings, and he's just, he's unstoppable. And he finally arrives at the, uh, the city of Jezreel where Jezebel is with the eunuchs. And she's bad news. Uh, she, the, the, the statement she makes about Zimri, if you want to understand that, uh, in, um, in verse number 31 when she talks to Jehu from the window, had Zimri peace, who slew his master? Uh, she's trying to, it's actually threatening She's trying to associate Jehu with, with uh, Jimri and say that you're going to go the same way. The other guy was a rebel. He lasted seven days and then he was burned up in a palace. He set fire to himself. That's one of those deaths I talked to you about. But, uh, but uh, that's, so she's associating him, implying to Jehu, hey, you're, a re- you, you're just a rebel usurper trying to kill the, the throne and what became of the last guy who did that? I mean, she's a witch, and she's just, she's bad news. Now, this, remember what she did to Elijah? She, she, she works by, she, she does two things. Her, 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 the pattern of this woman is to, uh, is to cause fear and then flight. That's her pattern. If you look at her, her strategy is to say things that will generate fear and cause you to flee. And so she tries this, it's all coming to something, she tries this on Jehu, and he, he's like, this guy, I mean, this, you know, he, he's a... By the way, he then goes on to rule the longest that anyone ever ruled, 28 years. He was no one-week wonder. This, this man, this guy was anointed of God and he, he, he purged the place. He, and so, so she, she says that, which was just nutty. And, uh, and she's at the window, she's all painted up. You know, there's a picture of God saying, look at this. And so, 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 so Jehu now, he, the new king, and stay the connections, the new king looks up to the window and he says, uh, who's, up, who's, who's on my side? Who, who, where, where's she sitting? Who's, who up there is with me? And it just says two or three eunuchs. Was there two? Was there three? I don't know, but I, I get it. I get it. God's saying there was some eunuchs up there, which is what you'd expect. And, uh, and, and they look out the window and he says to them, throw her, throw her down. And they did. And they threw her out the window and that was the end of her. Now, what's the connection? Well, it's, it's, it's pretty wonderful really, I think. Uh, the connection is this. So here are the eunuchs. Uh, some are born from their mother's womb. Uh, some are made that way. 
but, but if you are either of those groups, it puts you into a certain category. They're found in groups. And they're often found around queens. Because that, what they're doing, they're going to the natural place that their inclinations take them. They're just finding their level. You say, well, they, they, they shouldn't. Well, well you know, you're, you're not one. Or, or if you are, you maybe understand it. I don't know. But, but they find their level. But he, here's what happened. The new king comes into town. And he says, there's a new king here now, eunuchs. And there comes a time in a eunuch's life when you've got to throw the queen out the window. There, there comes a time in a eunuch's life where you've got to listen to the voice of the new king. And there's a new king in town saying, you know what, guys? Who's with me? Who's on my side? And, uh, and some of them said, uh, we are. And he said, okay. Uh, you can't change being a eunuch and you can't undo uh, uh, the journey of your life. But hey, there's a new king in town and it's time to throw the queen out the window. And, uh, and that's what they do. That's what they do. And there's, uh, there's quite profound application here. Uh, and, and, and it's very God. And God doesn't reveal these things to everybody. And, uh, and here's, here's, here's the thought. The thought is this, that there are some people who maybe uh, are born under certain circumstances. Now I'm going to broaden this so we all have some application. There are some people who may be born under some circumstances and, uh, or there are some people who, who through some things they went through, it, it made them a certain way. So they are, they, they're at the place that they're at. And, and because of that, there are, there are inclinations. And we shouldn't be dismissive of that. They're, uh, they're part of, that's, that's how it is. Now, now nobody before sin was ever born a eunuch. Uh, and, uh, and nobody, in, well, you know, there aren't births in heaven, but, but I mean, I'm just saying this is just a condition of the fallen world. It's not normal. It's not normal for a deformed child to be born. That's not normal. So what do you mean it's not normal? I mean, you have to understand all of that is a result of sin and the decay of humanity. God never made the world that way. So when people say things like, well, God never made people that way, you're right, you're right. But that doesn't mean that people aren't made that way. All right? God, so, so, but, but, you know, well, God, God, God never intended that. You're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, but, but it is. So, so the blessedness of it all is that, that God is the wonderful God of balance who has an answer for everybody and, uh, and has a hope for everybody and reaches out to the marginalised and goes to the people who God said, look, I know you had a rough start. I know some things happened to you that, 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 uh, that shouldn't have happened and, and I didn't do it and, and others did it or, or maybe you're just a product of, uh, of uh, you know, the, 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 the sin has taken hold in humanity. And by the way, we're not getting better. We're in decay. We're not in ascent. And uh, God says to people like that, look, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. And there's no need uh, for the eunuch to define the rest of his life by being a eunuch. There's, there's no need for the eunuch to say, there's no place for me. Because I'm going to show you in a moment directly that God says there is a place. So, 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 but it comes down to realising 
look, you, you, and let's just broaden it again. You, 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 you may have been born a certain way. You may have been raised a certain way. And wise, wise are you if you can look back on your, your childhood, your developmental years and realise, look, I was shaped a certain way. Wise are you if you can see the things in yourself that, that maybe you are this way because of your journey. And wise are you if you will allow God to reveal that to you and, uh, and then shape you into being like Christ and less like you. And all of us need to be that. We all arrive with a package. We all, we all arrive with a certain shaping. No man has ever produced a perfect man yet. So we do our best, but, but we all could have a bit of baggage is all I'm saying. And, uh, and if you've got a bit of baggage and you've got some stuff there and, and, uh, and uh, you know, there's things that, that you know, spoken or not, uh, then uh, what the Lord is saying here is, look, there's a new king in town. There's a, there's a new king in town. And, uh, and Jesus is here now. And, uh, and, uh, and Jesus is going to look up to you and he's going to say, who's on my side? And he's looking for the eunuch to be able to say, I'm on your side. I, 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 Jesus, I've heard your voice. I hear you. And Jesus... Uh, yes, I will do that. Now, now remember, by nature, that, that Jezebel witch, she, she lies, she threatens, and she tries to cause flight. She's gonna, she lies to you and says, but, but this. Or she, she threatens that no, and, and the idea is to get you to flee uh, your acts of righteousness, to get you to run away from what God is trying to get you to run to. We okay with that? Pattern with this lady. And uh, so, so uh, but, 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 but they listen. They hear the voice of the new king. And uh, they say, yes, I'm on your side. And he says, then throw the queen out the window. Get, break off uh, the old associations. Uh, uh, purge out of the natural inclinations, and believe me, and, uh, and trust me. Now, you say, but, but, but does God understand how hard it could be when you arrive in life with some baggage and, and whatever? Absolutely. Absolutely he does. And, uh, and it's wonderful because there's hope. Now, I'd like to tell you about some of the people I've seen saved in our ministry in Thailand, but, but I don't want to tell everybody. But, uh, but, but we've seen some wonderful things happen. I'd like to tell you about the stories. I'd like to, I'd like to tell you. Now, now is, it all, is it all a story of, of just better, better, better and nothing ever, no setbacks? And no, 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 I don't have any stories like that. But I have stories where Jesus came and a new king got in town and he shouted out to someone, who's on my side? And, uh, and they said, I am. And he said, throw the queen out the window. And they did that. And now they're on a journey with the new king. And uh, by the grace of God, God has good things for them as well. And that's, there's a pattern to that. And that, that's, the, that's the wonder of this, this whole thing of God saying to us, look, you don't have to be bound up uh, by what you were born or made. You, you don't have to say, I can be no better than my start. Your start does not determine your end. Uh, you, 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 it's your listening to Jesus that will determine where you go. It's, it's your willingness to hear the voice of the new king. And uh, it's your willingness to believe him. And, uh, and, you know, you can't choose 
the circumstances of your birth or your upbringing, but you can choose what you'll do about that. You can choose what you'll do about that. And so what you do to recognize there's a new king in town, hear his voice. Uh, your beginning doesn't have to be your end. Let me give you some verses to close with here. They're wonderful verses. And Isaiah chapter 56, and, and uh, it, just, it just, just fits, you know, with, with all of this. And maybe you'll pursue this a little bit better. I, I, I want to, I want to uh, remind you that in all the debates and all the talks and all the toing and froing and all the opinions and ideas, God still has things to say about almost everything. And, uh, and if you'll study your Bible uh, you'll, and just get... It, what we need to do, we need to get a God's perspective on life and people. And that's how we need to be. Not, not, because, because all of us are going to have tendencies to view different things different ways just because of who we are. And uh, so, so part of being Christ-like is, is letting the Lord show me how he looks at something and then helping me to look at something like that as well and uh, just to, to, to understand it. We need to get the God view of things. It would just, just answer a lot of things if we just bring God back into the picture. And, and, uh, and I want this message to be an encouragement to everybody tonight. Because, look, I, I remember being born into a family that was, you know, generations of uh, union people. And, and, you know, that wasn't a bad thing in the day. That was, that was working class uh, you know, we weren't a desk jockey and, you know, you, you, you weren't riding off the backs of others, you know. I mean, you've got to understand it was looked at a bit differently in a different day. My grandfather was the head union rep, union rep of Evans Deacon Shipyards. Listen, people used to disappear at Evans Deacon Shipyards. It was, it was I'm talking, we're talking, we're talking union pedigree. And, I, and I, was, I was raised in that environment. You know what? And I was raised in an environment where bosses were evil. And, uh, and, 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 you know, I didn't know I, didn't know I was being brought up as a socialist, but I, but I just was. And bosses were evil and, uh, and they were exploiting workers. And just like Pastor said this morning, you know, you should take every sick day you have and a few more. And, uh, and uh, you know, your 15-minute morning tea ought to blow out to 25. And if you could slip out 10 minutes before the clock sounded and, 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 uh, or knock off a bit of gear at work, I mean, it was just common. And I'm, and I'm not, I'm not criticising my family, bless them, but I'm just saying, look, when you start out with a whole, a whole lot of indoctrination about life and work and people, it, it just shapes your worldview. So, so, but when, when the new king comes in town, he says, hey, you better listen to me. You, you, some of this stuff, some of the way you operate is not of me. Now, now, now I, by the way, I could go the other way too, and talk about people raised in the corporate world and how they were taught about the other side and how they look at life and, and their worldview. And, and it's no more pretty, by the way. It's, no, it's, just, it's just different extremes. But, but we just need to get back on the God way and, 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 and bring God back into our view of life and people and family and work and money. You know, I taught my ties about three weeks ago about money. And I didn't feel that it was a pressing need much before about three weeks ago. But finally, I thought, well, I have to teach them. And uh, so, because we know they don't have a lot of money, but, but I talked to them about, uh, I showed them but what God says about debt. How that, that when you're in debt, you're the tail, not the head. And I said, uh, what goes first, the tail or the head? And they were, I mean, they were just like, oh, yes. And I mean, it was just, just you know, 
And I'm saying, I mean, the head is there and, and, and look where the tail is. And they were, oh. And somebody said, where is the tail? I said, work it out yourself. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but they were just illuminated and they were like, oh. And they came to me after. And I talked about people getting in debt and then demanding their children go and do things to pay their debt and, and uh, just the stuff that they lived. And they were just, it was just like, it was just like illumination. That God would speak of even this. See? Well, I'm just saying there's so much here. And we've got to get into alignment. And we don't realise that we're not always in alignment. God has to show us that. So here's, here's the passage. And, you, you know, you may have read this. but This kind of verse is like, a bit like Pastor said the other day. Was this in my Bible? Uh, chapter 56. And this is God and it's very, it's very you know, sort of stuff in Isaiah. Uh, neither let the, the uh, chapter 56 verse 3 neither let the son of the stranger so that would be kind of like today we might say we say refugee but but an immigrant someone on the outside who came into the country someone who doesn't have the pedigree of birth you know he's not in the normal bloodline uh, so you know marginalized neither let the son of the stranger that had joined himself to the lord speak saying the Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Don't, don't say that. God said, if you've come to me, don't say that, oh, no, I have no place here. Neither let the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree. Meaning, well, what, I have nothing to offer. I can't produce any fruit. You know, what am I? I'm just, you know, I, what, what have I? God said, don't say that. Now, my immediate thought is, you speak to eunuchs. They matter to you. You've got a word to say to them. This is very God. And then, uh, so neither let the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs, now here it is, that keep my Sabbath, and this is underlined in my Bible, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant, even unto them. Who? Those eunuchs. Will I give in mine house and within my walls a place? They've got a place. And a name better than of sons and of daughters. I'll give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Isn't that wonderful? In connection with everything we've looked at. Here's God saying to the eunuchs, don't say, uh, don't, don't say I'm, a, you know, I'm a dry tree, I, I don't have any place. I, no, he said, he said, I say to the eunuchs, you know, this is again of who's on my side. That's what this is. Who's with me? All right, I say to them, that if you'll keep my Sabbath, you know, you'll be obedient to my word. And if you'll choose the things that please me. Because sometimes people are in a place in life where it's really difficult to choose the things that please God because that costs them a great deal. And you should be careful about commenting on those things if you don't fully understand that. Uh, if some of these things were reversed, you'd have a great deeper understanding. And God, God is saying, I understand that it's difficult. I understand. But I'm saying to you, if you'll choose for me, if, you'll, if, you, if I'll matter to you and, you, and you'll choose the things that please me, and that's just a good prayer for everybody to pray, then God is saying, I'll give you a place. Now, I'll give you, I'll give you a place, not outside, not, not, not off with the fringe, not, 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 not with, uh, yeah, those people. No, no, no. I'll give you a place in my house. 
in my house. And I'll give, and you'll abide, and I'll give you an everlasting name. And it's wonderful. And it's just, it's just God. And wouldn't it be wonderful if you heard more preaching like this from our churches? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people understood that we are Bible people, but the Bible has a lot of great things to say to people? Uh, we, we, we've, we've been misjudged, but partly because we've misrepresented. And we just need to get back to the Bible. And it's just, it's, it's a blessing. And I'm going to finish, but, you know, wherever you started from, uh, however you got there. Uh, I, I'm first generation Christian, so I didn't have the benefit of the Christian home. I, I'm, I'm a firstie. I, I started out with, with, you know, how I started out. So I've had to learn a lot of things. Still learning. Many times I wish I had a different start. Uh, you know, many times I wish maybe some things had been different. I really do. But I understand. I understand. I understand that God, one, is working in me. I know that, that sometimes it's the folks who've been on the difficult journeys who actually have a lot to offer in the work of the Lord. You know, some, some, of, the, some of these uh, eunuchs, as it were, were in very prominent positions. And, uh, and, and, and some of them had great insight. Daniel would be one. Go, go, go reread the earlier praises of Daniel with emphasis on what we've talked about tonight and just see, just see. And God just took some people like that and said, look, if you'll just choose for me, if you'll, if you'll put me first, I've got some special things for you. And it's just the Lord. It's just beautiful. Wherever you came from tonight, however you started, whatever you were born into, you know, it's just for this life. I know it's hard. Uh, but if we'll just do our best to choose for God. And I'd encourage us to encourage people, not judge people. I, I'd encourage us to be godly in our edifying of the brethren and, 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 and sharing with people, the righteous man falleth seven times but riseth up again. And I, I'd encourage that we'd be Christ-like. And uh, Thailand has shaped me. It's, it's shaped me. I just, just got immersed. I just saw a lot of things that it's just, it's just had an effect on me. And, uh, and one of the things it's shown me is just the wonder of God. Just the wonder of God. Well, I'd like to tell you some of the details sometime. Some of the people we've baptised, some of the issues. I'd like to tell you how I feel sometimes when I look out over the church. And I see the diversity. And yet I see them hungering for God. I see them at altars praying. And I just think, this is how you are. It's not surprising that when you come, this is what you get. Because this is just how you are. All right. Pastor, we're done. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Well, thanks, Pastor. Praise the Lord. And uh, it's part of wanting to be a